News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change that our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Dennis Bonin wants to still be relevant in the Texas House. That's bad news for honesty. I guess. Uh, House District 128 was a special election which Republicans won, and we're going to break those numbers down for you. Also, the log cabin Republicans were denied a coalition status, um, and that is the pro-LGBT or maybe just pro-LNG group, um, lesbians and gays, uh, were denied coalition status with the Republican Party of Texas. And the Texas retired teacher system is blowing a ton of cash and under a ton of heat. So these are four quick things we are going to tell you uh, about and why they're relevant to you. So first and foremost, Dennis Bonin just can't help um, but try to let all the Texans know as a corrupt speaker who he still supports. Um, he did some really interesting things, so I don't know that this list is even who he supports. There's a couple of the people on this list that are definitely people who uh, stayed silent and uh, and were quiet while all the corruption was going down, and then he threw out a couple uh, supporting shots of cash to some people who he's, I guess, trying to indicate a broader array of support to. So uh, Dennis Bonin donated to Briscoe Kane, Jared Patterson, Jeannie Morrison, and Dennis Paul. So those are four members that he gave $15,000 to um, through his pack. And those four members are in like one group because there are four state representatives who did not publicly call for him to spe uh, step down, didn't uh, listen to the record. Some of them did or did not listen to the recording. Uh, they didn't comment on it. They didn't say whether or not they thought it was a problem. Uh, many of them were behind the scenes actually trying to defend the speaker up until very late in the process once it was really clear that those of us who opposed him had officially taken him down. So those are kind of those four. He gave him 15000 apiece. Dan Flynn, um, I like this guy. Uh, we're running a campaign against him. So uh, Brian Slayton is running for the Texas House of Representatives in House District 2, and you can go um, follow Brian's campaign. But Dan Flynn came out like, t he first, actually, he was the first and only state representative to publicly like support the speaker after the recording came out. He came out and it was clear that the speaker had lied, that he had tried to deceive all of Texans as well as directly lied to all of his colleagues and that he tried to uh, offer media credentials, which is an official act in uh, exchange for campaign services. And uh, this is, think of this as like what Democrats wish they had on President Trump, right? I mean, like they wish they had the smoking gun that Michael had. They wish that Donald Trump did what Dennis Bonin clearly did. And so, uh, unfortunately, Donald Trump didn't really do it, and Dennis Bonin did, so that stinks for Democrats, but it's great for honest people in Texas who are fighting against corruption in the Texas House. So Dan Flynn came out and said, I heard it, I don't care, I stand with this guy 100%, which was hilarious, because then he got lit up for it, and so then he had to backtrack, and then he came out in the final hour and said, actually, I'm against this guy, and then Dennis Bonin got mad at him, so he took him off of his friends list. And uh, Dennis Bonin, when he stepped down, issued a public list of all those members who were still kind of in his good graces, and he took Dan Flynn off, even though Dan did defend him because Dan backed out 
too soon before he was willing to give up the reins. And then you have Chris Patty, who actually was one of the chairmen that came out and said that Dennis should resign, and he gave him $15,000. And then also Phil Stevenson, who was on his target list, the target list that Dustin Burroughs and Dennis Bonham put together and gave. Uh, he was on the target list, but I guess Dennis is trying to show that uh, he is truly repentant, and so he offered Phil, and Phil took $15,000 as well. Um, the sooner Dennis Bonin is not involved in Texas politics, the better off we as Texans will be. So y'all should just be aware that he's clearly wanting to stay relevant and involved in some form or fashion. And that should concern anybody who is for honesty and integrity within Texas government and Texas politics. House District 128 is also in the Texas House. It is a former state representative district south of Houston that is represented by John Zerwas or was represented until John Zerwas decided to leave early. And so this special election ensued. This is a district which Ted Cruz only won by two or three percentage points. And so it is a district that Democrats got really excited about potentially taking back. And if they had won this in a special election, it would have been a huge shot for their fundraising efforts. And so it is a great thing that they not only lost, but lost handily. A district that Beto O'Rourke came within a handful of points from Ted Cruz in. Uh, Republicans won by 16 points. Now, I want to talk about the good and the bad. So the really good part about this special election is, one, uh, we got an upgrade from a pro-choice Republican to a pro-life Republican. Uh, Representative John Zerwas has voted uh, multiple times in favor of third trimester abortions for very sick children. Uh, legally, they're defined as children with severe fetal abnormalities. But we take some of the sickest children in society, and we kind of relegate them to this special group of people where they're the only ones in the third trimester who can have their limbs ripped off of them and their life sucked out of them. And so John Zerwas has been in favor of uh, those abortions continuing to exist and I guess happen in Texas, unfortunately. And so Gary Gates is a pro-life Republican and that is a huge upgrade um, in regards to actually, you know, getting fewer and fewer pro-choice Republicans in the Texas House is always a good thing in my opinion. And also Gary Gates is a homeschool dad. His positions on things like parental rights and other things like that will just be much stronger. John Zerwas was consistently ranked as one of the most liberal Republicans in the Texas House. Um, the other good news is that this really hurts Democrats fundraising. If you're going to a Democrat mega donor asking for a seven-figure check so that you can try to take back the Texas House of Representatives, you're much less likely to get it right now since you just blew a ton of cash and the margin of victory for Republicans was significantly wider than it even was in 2018. Now, here's my concern. I'm concerned that some people will take this and say, oh, great, that means 2020 is going to be a great year for Republicans. And this happened in 2018 with Pete Flores. Pete Flores won a seat. He's a sitting state senator who represents a district that has long been in Democrat control. And when he won, it gave Republicans a false sense of strength. And so we went into 2018. And in fact, I remember specifically several arguments I had with several people trying to get them to provide significant help to a number of my clients who were in swing areas. And I kept being told by a number of them that for a couple of our clients that they were going to be fine, that everything was going to be great. We won the Pete Flores seat why would we lose this state Senate district? And it's really interesting uh, to break it down and, and remind people that special elections are not indicators. In fact, the year that Pete Flores won, we lost two state Senate districts. We lost a significant amount of state House districts in the Texas House of Representatives because the November electorate is different than a special election electorate. And so good thing for conservatives and Republicans that a wide margin was hit, bad for Democrats fundraising, good for pro-lifers. 
But all in all, let's not walk away and think that this means that we're going to somehow crush uh, future elections in 2020. If Republicans don't work extra hard and run through the tape this November, we're not going to be happy with the results. And we absolutely are at risk um, of losing more and more control to Democrats in this state. So let's not forget that. Okay, the log cabin Republicans, and this is the pro, I think it's just gay and lesbian Republican group, Log Cabin Republicans. And so this is a nationwide and a statewide organization who has tried to have a booth at the Texas Republican State Convention and this year also tried to push coalition status. Uh, I, they tried to couple these two things together, which I think really hurt their case. I think they should have gone just for the booth in the uh, convention, but instead they said they wanted to go all in and be recognized as a coalition member. There's a couple problems with that. One, uh, a lot of different log cabin Republicans had worked over the last couple conventions to water down the Republicans party's position regarding institutional marriage, regarding what we see the institution of marriage being. Um, and so that is not a helpful thing. And it's also runs antithetical to the conservative principles and ideals that we hold. So that's one concern in the fact that this group is saying, hey, we're a coalition member, but oh, by the way, we're trying to undermine all the things that you believe and all the things you hold to. The log cabin Republicans also hold a position which says that they want uh, uh, somebody's sexual orientation to be a protected class, which gives that person more authority to go after and target and bully businesses into submission to the sexual revolution. I mean, that's the reality of what they're trying to fight for. And a lot of Republicans are really concerned. In fact, that's one of their public policy positions. Warren Norid, who's on the SREC from District 10, had a great write-up where he explained these positions and why they really concerned quite a few Republican leaders. So the Republican Party officially voted um, against that. Our client, Senator Bob Hall, was just a rock star stalwart fighter. He was there. Um, it's very rare that you see a sitting Republican state senator so active in the party process, but Bob is somebody who picks his issues and he has a strong set of ideals and principles that he sticks to. It's why he's the most conservative senator in the state Senate right now. And he fights for it on any battlefield that exists. And so we are really proud to work alongside him and really proud of the work that he did in ensuring that the Republican Party continues to really take seriously who they bring in as coalition members and not bringing in people who are trying to undermine our policy positions as the Republican Party of Texas. And lastly, the Texas retired teacher system. We I think we've talked about this once before on the podcast, but they have been under fire and they've been under fire because it came out that they are spending. Now, let me back up. Um, I think I talked about this last time, but if you're a retired school bus driver or public school teacher or administrator or whatever, you are lumped into the Texas retired teacher system. Okay. And this system manages billions of dollars that are managed as a pension program to then pay out our teachers. And every two years they come to the legislature and they say, hey, you know how you budgeted to give us this much money and teachers take a little bit out of their paycheck and give this much money and all these different things. Well, here's the thing. We're short. We don't have what we need. We need some more money. But if you give us this additional, uh, these additional dollars, we'll be fine. You'll shore us up. We'll be great to go. And so they get the money. And then two years later, they come back and they say, hey, you know how we said that if you gave us all this money, we'd be shored up. Well, here's the thing. It wasn't enough money for this reason or this reason, or this reason. So you have to give us some more money and then you shore it up. And if you don't, you don't care about retired teachers. And this is literally the every single time. And then the question is, do you support retired teachers or not? And the answer is yes. But it's not always 
a spending, it's not always a revenue problem. Sometimes it's a spending problem. And that's really what has come out. So a ton of state representatives, in fact, I'd say from across the political spectrum within the Republican Party have come out criticizing TRS because it came up that they pay $326,000 a month in rent. $326,000 a month in rent for their office. And it's downtown Austin. It is prime real estate. And instead of saying, you know, we're not a publicly traded company. We're not a privately held company who can do whatever we want with our money. We literally are holding money given to us by public school teachers and by the state of Texas who's made a promise to those teachers. And our only job is to handle it with care to ensure that these people have a pension for years to come. And the fact that the people at the head think that paying $326,000 a month in rent is acceptable is insane. Representative Tony Tinderholt, another client of ours from Arlington, issued a statement on this. He said, I am disturbed by the 10-year lease for office space recently revealed by the teacher's retirement system in downtown Austin coming in at north of $326,000 a month or well worth over $40 million over 10 years. The extravagant space is what many would expect from California or New York state governments. In Texas, we should operate differently, especially when TRS tells legislators and retirees they are not properly funded. And that is true. So, if you are a teacher, you should reach out to your state representative and then tell them you need more accountability at TRS because your pension is at stake. This is your future. I'm not a teacher. I, I take some money and I put it into an IRA every single month. And I've got retirement and I have real estate investing and do other things like that. So I'm finding a way to ensure that I have something in the future, right? And uh, for teachers, they work hard and they're told there's this pension that's going to be there for you. But you know what happens? If the people that are entrusted with guarding your funds have this little regard for their monthly office rent, then what does that say about their fiduciary responsibility and how they're managing that money? I think a lot of people are concerned. I'm glad people are bringing it to light. That covers a couple key issues going on in Texas this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you for continuing to support the podcast. For all of you out there, uh, we will have some more conversations coming to you later on. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. If you value this content and want our message to spread, please consider three of the following steps. One, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on and leave us a review. Two, visit lukemessias.com and sign up for our email alerts. And three, follow Raz and I on Twitter and visit my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Luke Messias Texas. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Thank you so much and God bless.